Hey everyone, uh, just before we start the podcast, I wanted to quickly record an editor's note. I know this is getting out late because I had a bunch of stuff to do and I didn't get to the editing until now, but uh, we're putting this out on, uh, shoot, what is today? Tuesday night, I guess. Um, and it is technically after the games that we end up talking about on this podcast uh, because, I again, it just took me forever to edit this, but um we're getting it out anyways and when we'll come to you bright and early tomorrow morning with our reaction to uh game seven of nuggets clippers and as well as game one of the eastern conference matchup between the heat and the celtics so just want to let you know i know this is late and it'll actually what we're talking about actually will be events that have already transpired but we're gonna get out to you anyways because it's kind of funny and we had a good time and uh, uh you can listen to this and you can see our predictions and everything and then we'll get to the real stuff and what happened tomorrow so uh, back to the pod. Whew. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 24. As always, I'm your host, Jared. That over there is Jake. And for the second time in the row, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> the unfortunate Knicks fan, that is Jerome. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. Football's back. Can't complain. Football's back. Can't complain. Anybody got a fact for me? Yep. So uh, Fred Bauer, the inventor of the Pringles can, was so proud of his invention that he had his ashes buried in a Pringles can. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That is dedication to the product, man. Yeah. (laughs) He fit into a Pringles can, really? It was just the ashes. Yeah, when you cremate somebody. Yeah, but like, yeah. No, that's a big. I don't know how big was this guy? Was he three feet tall? Well, he invented the Pringles can, so maybe he had a custom one made. <laughs> a custom size. All right. He's not using the minis. He's not using yeah, the. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, we got a lot of basketball to talk. Um, well, not, sort of. We have four games, uh, yeah. two of which are the Clippers bungling things. So that'll be fun to talk about. Uh, but before we, we jump into the actual basketball, let's probably get the stupid housekeeping out of the way. Jake, if you do the honors. Housekeeping. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can do so, as always, by email at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. That is throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. And I will never do it like that again. You're welcome. Jake, what's Popping. Okay. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, and your local library Spotify. and on the dark web. Spotify as well. Yep. Well, I don't know. Dark web. Jeez. Uh, don't go there. Yeah. Don't look <laughs> up throwing bricks on the dark web. Just don't do it. Um, yeah. And I think that's all the housekeeping we have. Let's just jump into the episode and talk about some basketball. Sound good? Yep. Eat a boo. Yeah. All right. I think I messed that up. <laughs> there was a gap. Uh-oh. Editing. Magic of editing. And then I'll take this out as well. Um, yeah, so let's start. Let's start with Rockets-Lakers. Because uh, I think uh, we can get that over. Well, maybe not too quickly. Because we probably have a lot to talk about. So the Lakers closed out yeah. the Rockets. Game 5 here. The old D-bag sweep. Uh, beat them 119-96. to And did the Rockets just roll over? That's what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of played in times like they played at the in the third quarter of game four, 
where they just were walking on defense, not getting back, giving up layups. Yeah. Um, Harden looked disinterested, even though he played pretty well. He just didn't look into the game. P.J. Tucker was missing layups. I don't know. They just looked horrible to me. Yeah, for Dan, uh, sorry for Dan Tony, for a, a Harden elimination game, he actually played pretty well. Um, yeah, but but you guys brought up before the podcast, uh, pretty well, I guess in a vacuum. But those are basically just his regular season stats, even worse, yeah. really. So you kind yeah. of do expect more from your superstar in elimination game than basically worse than his regular season stats, right? Yeah, and also here's here's a stat in the second half. He scored the same number of points. He's had the same amount of points as Jeff Green. They both scored eleven points in the second half. Jeez. Wow! Like that's not what you want from your superstar. Oh no! Yeah, that's a. I mean, you're getting quite a lot from Jeff Green, though. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although Jeff, especially Green, like it wasn't. It wasn't completely over at the half, right? It was like maybe like it was like thirteen points, something like that, at the half. And you yeah, sit, think- you saw like we'll get back to it later or in the podcast. But Denver was down by more than that. They didn't. Yeah, it was only eleven point lead yeah. at half. You're right. Yeah, yeah. they definitely. So, like, it wasn't like it was already over at the half. He just kind of. It's weird. Just weird. Kind of weird stuff. Because yeah, because the Lakers jumped on them in the first quarter. Like it looked like yeah. Houston didn't even want to be there. They mm-hmm. they were doing nothing. Harden included. Like everybody was just doing nothing. Uh, and then like eh, towards the end of the first quarter, I guess they had they showed a little bit of life. They hit, hit some threes, played a little bit of defense on the Lakers, and made it a respectable fifteen point gap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the second quarter, they actually did fight back a little bit. They, you know, they beat the Lakers in that quarter. Yep. They actually got a four point advantage and cut it to eleven and a half. But then, yeah, they just—I don't know. Third quarter, they didn't do anything. Lakers pulled away, and then it was just scrub time from there. Um, it's kind of disappointing. You, you kind of expect a little bit more fight. I don't. But yeah. do you at this point from Harden and Westbrook? Yeah, I, that's I don't a good know. point. From Westbrook, yeah. Yeah, Westbrook, you definitely expect more. He had a god-awful line. Like This is the Westbrook I kind of felt like we were having all series, even though we had some good lines. This is what it felt like to me as a Laker fan. Like 4 of 13, 0 of 3 from 3, 10 points, a minus 23 on the game, 3 turnovers. Like yeah. <laughs> That's Westbrook. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just weird. It was a weird game. It felt like a blowout early, and it felt like they didn't really give – like they gave like a fake little effort to make the score a little bit better at halftime, and then that was yeah, it. Yeah, that was it. Which is, I don't know, just disappointing, I guess. Yeah. We can move on from the actual basketball and talk about D'Antoni leaving. Or, no, actually, before we do that, we should talk about Westbrook. The Westbrook-Rondo yeah. brother. How about that? Because <laughs> that was probably the only interesting part of the second half. Yeah. I mean, you knew it was going to happen. When he started calling for double teams down 30 points and doing all this jawing when they're losing like that, you know he's frustrated. You know he's Westbrook, so he's going to do something stupid when his emotions get the best of him. But yeah, I, I just I don't understand the, the threatening and the what are you going to do? You're going to fight him for, for talking to you? Yeah. Of course. Of course. He has to yeah, invent you, conflict. You think with, no, with like basically just fa- family – He's not going to get into it with anyone, but he still he met, he found a way. He found the yeah, guy. Yeah. He, he found, found a way. <laughs> the one person, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't pick a fight with one of the moms holding babies on the sideline. Um, <laughs> that's very Westbrook us too. Um, yeah, I think we. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Would Daniel House have helped? So we didn't talk about the Daniel House story yeah. in passing before, but he was uh, banned from the bubble, bubble banned, because of his. How should we put this? Yeah. Late night actions. <laughs> uh, I think it's he, kind. Of, I think it kind of ended up just being one of those 
kind of things that just affected the overall morale of the team. It's just such a weird thing to happen. Like it's it's one thing if a guy gets like he gets injured in the course of the game. It's like okay, let's rally around this guy. How do you rally around a guy getting kicked out for doing something like that? You know, it's just kind of a deflating type of thing when you're especially, already down in the series. Yeah, especially your sixth man who was who yeah, was playing right. some really efficient basketball. Yeah, yeah, he was huge for them. He was one of their best three point shooters. He was most one of the yeah. more consistent ones, right? And yeah, he gave him a little bit of playmaking swerve. You know, he was probably one of the only guys other than Westbrook and Harden who could handle the ball a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah his I think, and the morale that, mm-hmm. that just combined did it. And Ultimately, it, it doesn't change the outcome, I don't think, but it definitely changed changed the product. Like, I think we would have seen more yeah. effort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, at the very definitely would have seen a better Rockets team, even yeah. if they would have lost probably in the same amount of games. Yeah, um, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so kudos, Daniel House. You, you know, I guess he got what he wanted. <laughs> Was it worth it, buddy? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm married, maybe. Person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dan Tony, uh, that's the next thing on the docket here. He informed the Rockets yesterday that he does not want to come back. <laughs> he said, "I'm out of here, guys. I'm done with your circus show." What What do you guys think about this? this was it shocking to you that it was? It actually came from Dan Tony that he didn't want to come back. Not really. I think. I think. At a certain point, you just kind of you, you keep kind of coming back, or like running back the same thing, and especially in this case, a lot of the what they want, the way they want to play, is coming from upstairs. It's not coming from the coach. Right. Um, where you just kind of say, you know what, I'm I'm done with this. I want to do other things. I want to you know coach the way I want to coach, and it is kind of telling for the Rockets in general. Like this is the this is the guy that would do their system the best like because he was kind of doing this with steve nash already similar kind of stuff right. like exactly. the kind of run and gun and it didn't even it didn't work with the Antonio. like who are they going to get you know i mean yeah. i think he wants to go back to playing that style i think he wants to join a team like the pelicans or um maybe i don't even know who else but i think he wants to join a team that is can run and can fast break because clearly in the yeah. modern nba this iso ball uh, putting it into your best player's hands and making him create for open threes or layups isn't going to work, especially in the playoffs. It's hard when you have five guys in front of you to get to the rim and draw a double team and, and a pass for an open three. It just doesn't work when a team has a whole yeah. series to prepare for you. Whereas a fast break, you know, the the Showtime Lakers, the seven seconds or less yeah. Suns, uh, even though the 16 with 17 Warriors in one in, in some sense, it's so hard to guard that because it's not really – a play it's not really a set half court offense it's a full court you've got to rotate it's all about the athleticism type of thing mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. too bad it didn't work out with d'antoni because if they could have just kind of used his system and then like added some of their like let's shoot more three let's get more layups i think that could have really worked but then they just went, went to over the top with it yeah exactly yeah yeah i think now that i think about it in retrospect given what all, all you guys said just now Maybe that's why they brought Westbrook in, or part of the reason why they brought Westbrook that's, in. I thought that was the point. To, to introduce some of that fast-breaking nature yeah. that Tony was used to from the second seven seconds or less Suns. Because that, that quick shooting style that pushed the pace, that attacked the defense while it's not set, that sort of idea was just as integral to his Suns days as you know shoot a lot of threes was, right? Yeah. And he, he couldn't do that with Harden. That's not Harden's game. Harden's going to slow it down. Um, 
for better or for worse. So, yeah, maybe he goes to another team. You mentioned the Pelicans, Jake, but we I think we talked about this before the pod. They, in the sense that they fast break a lot, then sure, that kind of fits the scheme. But kind of like the Rockets, but inverted, they don't have the shooting then that the Rockets had, right? They don't have the playmaker, really. They don't have the point guard that's going to be the Nash or the Harden. So uh, they definitely do have a point guard for a Nash type offense because Lonzo is one of the best fast break point guards in the God, league. Don't get me started on Lonzo. Okay, no. he can't shoot to save his life, but you can't knock his playmaking ability on the fast yeah. break. Can you I just guess. just just think of all the lobs to to Zion? Like that's that's money right there. He's if I was starting a team and I wanted to run, he maybe he wouldn't be my first pick as the point guard, but he's definitely on the team, I'd want somebody that can handle the ball, is tall, can, can has great vision down the court. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a, I don't know, to me it seems like a poor facsimile of that, like, because that's all he's good at. He's only, it, that's why I said it's like the inverse of the Rockets, right? Because Harden was the perfect ball handler, right? He had the tightest handle, he could score one-on-one, he could get find the open guy in the half-court set, like, he could do all that stuff, and he could shoot. And now Lonzo is the opposite. He can't shoot. He can't. He doesn't really have the tightest handle, but he pushes yeah. the pace. So it's like I don't know if you could mold those players into one, then maybe you'd finally have the D'Antoni point guard that he wants. But well, I mean, the the beauty of it is they have Drew Holiday, a more traditional point guard that can yeah, that can I handle half court duties. Traditional point guard. I I think he's more of an off ball guy too. Like I don't. That's why I say I don't think they have a point guard really. I don't think they have a guy that can run the half court offense, which is part of their problem. Does anybody have one of those guys besides Chris Paul and Rondo? There's not many of them left in the league. Yeah, yeah. There's a decent amount. Steph, I would say Malcolm Brogdon's kind of that guy now. Steph Um, is not a a run the offense type of point guard. He's not even a point guard. He's a he can be the offense. He can be. He can. I think he's. he's, I think that is an underrated facet of his game. I think he he has that. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I, I think I think Steph can run the offense. I just think he's so unselfish that he realizes other people are good with the ball in his hands, and he moves off ball better than other other people. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he can't do the on ball stuff. Like we've seen it, we've seen him run the offense um, as the point guard. And I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right, Jake. There's, the true point guards are a dying breed, like a Steve Nash esque mm-hmm. point guard. But I don't know. I, I that kind of like, has to do with the AAU system. I think like everyone's just kind of yeah. gunning for to for their stats. And this, yeah, yeah this golden age of scoring point guard that we're in is yeah. just, it's its a new era. It's its not the role anymore. Yeah, that's true. But okay, so Jake clearly thinks that the Pelicans would be the destination of choice. Mm-hmm. I've heard his name thrown around with the Indiana job, which I don't think would be the greatest fit either, but yeah, heard that. Um, where else would be a good fit for him? I don't even know. Uh, it would be very Knicks to immediately fire Thibodeau and hire back <laughs> my friend Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Does Dan Tony want to go back to the Knicks? I, I hope not, for his sake. <laughs> I forgot yeah. they hired Thibodeau. That's an interesting hire in itself. Why would you yeah. hire a guy that is notoriously not very good with young guys, is not very patient, and hire him for a team that's basically all young guys? I don't know. He's going to make them work, I guess. <laughs> well, Did the Knicks have seemed, they seem like they like playing the old the old guys that they got for one year. And That's a good point. Sitting their young guys on the bench anyway. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Well. So we have that opinion of of Tibbs, right? And he has that reputation. But think about it. I mean, he was the guy that that was the coach of the Bulls when Derrick Rose rose, for back of a better word, <laughs> to, and Jimmy to Butler. Butler and Jimmy yeah. Butler. Yeah, they right. both developed into stars with that team. So 
I mean, maybe he doesn't get along with them, but he yeah. certainly can develop them. But at least with Jimmy Butler, that I think that might have just kind of been incidental. Like, cause you, you see how hard he works and how hard and how much he tells people how hard he works. That's like true. he kind of <laughs> he does seem like a guy that could have kind of made himself kind of regardless of the coach. He definitely could have. Yeah, he, he's a self-made man for sure. For yeah. sure, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So. uh I guess the end of the moral of the story is that uh, Tillman Frittata, oops, Frittita, um, he should just change his name to Frittata. It's so close, and people like Frittatas, and they don't <laughs> like Frittita. But, uh, and he's a restaurateur. It's perfect. I don't know. He should change it. But yeah, Frittita and Maury, I don't know if Maury will be there much longer, honestly. He might be fired. He might be the next domino to fall, given this news. Yeah. Um, and people forget, but he was kind of the instigator in, all, in the the China incident, right at the beginning of the year. That was this season. Remember, that was this season that we yep. had that whole China saga. Yep. Holy God, this year has dragged. Okay, um, twenty twenty sucks. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Maybe what do you, what do you what well, maybe the Bulls with Zach Levine? That could be a that could Bulls be a fit for Could be. I mean, Levine is definitely a shooter. Sort of. I mean, he chucks the shots up. And I, you know, I guess at the end, the Rockets weren't even shooting that well from three. So yeah. it's okay. He's not the best shooter as long as he shoots them. And marketing is probably a perfect guy for him, right? Like, yeah. That's a perfect big, unless he decides that marketing is too tall and he needs to trade him. I don't know. What about a coaching swap? They go, uh, Donovan comes to the Rockets and, <laughs> and he goes to the Thunder. <laughs> that would be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, like, it, that might keep Chris Paul around because he kind of had that video. It seemed like he was leaving, but that might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think Chris Paul and D'Antoni had a relationship that's salvageable? That's a good point. That might, that might be, although but, I, I mean, mean they, they did have a lot of success fight. though. They did have success. That's kind of, that's something you can't really spit at. That's true. That's very true. And, you know, even if it isn't salvageable, they're pretty much, already gearing up to get rid of Chris Paul anyways, right? So that's true. Yeah. May not change much. And then you can mold the young, you know, SGA into his D'Antoni yeah. system or whatever. Yeah. Anyways. So <clears throat> the Lakers move on. Uh, I, we didn't even talk about the Lakers in this matchup. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Cause it really did kind of feel like the, it was, it's just so sad to see the Rockets go out like that. It was. Like, yeah, it's, the Lakers played really well, but like the Rockets were played really badly. It was just disappointing, yeah. for sure, for sure. So okay, so we didn't come to a conclusion. Is this a game that we can consider Harden didn't show up again in an elimination game? I mean, at least he shot well from the field. But yeah. you guys mentioned it. I didn't really think about it. These are subpar stats for his regular season. I yeah. mean, thirty-six and five with six turnovers. That's way worse than he did in the regular season on average. I would so. say it, it does feel like a step in the right direction, at least, if it's not you know, yeah. fully showing up. Yeah, at least he didn't fully disappear. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But he did shoot two of eight from three, so there's the poor yeah. three-point shooting again. I don't know. Harden is I an mean, enigma. It's not as bad as he's been, but it's not the performance they needed to stay alive. Yeah. Right. Which is what right. You kind of expect a guy to go out and give you 50. Yeah. Especially a guy like Harden. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. It just felt like he didn't look to shoot. I mean, he shot twenty shots, but it, it in an elimination game, and you're James Harden. You need to be putting up thirty shots. Yeah, you do. Yeah, 
and especially down the stretch. Like, and I guess they didn't even get to down the stretch in this game because they were being blown out so far. But yeah. I guess down the stretch gets advanced to like the third quarter in that sense, right? And so we would have expected him to do something in the third quarter when they they just came out flat out of halftime and the Lakers just blew him out and it was over. Um, yeah, disappointing end of the series. Yep. Game one was probably the most interesting game. Game two was pretty interesting too, I guess. But yeah. Disappointing. Maybe we'll see the return of the Lakers big man in the next series. Uh, yeah. Versus whoever they play. Yeah. That's what oh, I was most impressed of with the Lakers is their ability to shift how they played. I think we almost played better that way. Yeah. I mean, our, our role players seemed like they improved their play and it coincided with JaVale and Dwight not getting any minutes. Yeah. So maybe that uh, flow you- and that fast breaking and, and, and that small ball lineup with Rondo in there is, is what we should you know, inevitably put out when we play the Heat or the um, the Clippers or whoever else we're going to face. What's yeah, funny true. about their their quote small ball lineup? It's not even really small because you have no. AD at, at, at center, like he's yeah. kind of a center height wise, and then you kind of were they going with uh with Morris right probably mm-hmm. at the four like or, or Morris or LeBron yeah, those guys are huge players. like either yeah. of them can play power forward no problem yeah yeah. So it's yeah, not it really is. small, but they they have this you know the quickness and the agility to to play small ball style. So it's it's really it's really tough to deal with. It's a it's a small ball lineup in the vein of like the Warriors with KD, right? Whereas yeah, like, exactly. like KD's out exactly. there, but he's a seven footer, and like exactly. yeah, we have AD out there, a seven footer, but he can he's mobile, he can yep. move, and like yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's it is interesting. Uh, I think in that sense, we actually replicated more of the Golden State recipe for success than the Rockets did in all their tries there. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's so I have funny. a prediction for the next round. I'm going to do the, the reckless Charles Barkley prediction. Oh, I guarantee, guarantee if the Lakers are playing the Clippers, LeBron James game one, 40 point triple double. If they're playing the Nuggets, 15 points, four assists, four rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> You're going back to your uh, feel out game. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going back to the LeBron James. I don't think he, he he fears the Nuggets. I think he's worried about the Clippers, though. So he's going to go I back see. to run out game one. Okay, I'm jealous of that take. I like that. That's a pretty good take, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know, I, I did invite you on our throwing up bricks podcast, so I kind of expect worse takes than that in the future. Going you throw some more bricks, man. You can't be switching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that a lot. I really do. Uh, <laughs> um, before, I mean, that would be a natural segue to the Nuggets versus Clippers, but should, maybe we should talk. Maybe we should. Let's segue to the Nuggets versus Clippers. Yeah, and then we'll let's keep it in the West. It. Yeah, we'll keep it in the West. So what the heck, Clippers? What are you doing? Uh, oh, is the Clipper no. curse real? The Clippers, since we last talked, they dropped two straight games. So... They were up 3-1 on the Nuggets. They lost game five and game six to huge comebacks. They were up by like 15 to 18 points in both of those games in the third quarter. And they just, in game five, Paul Millsap scored like 15 in the third quarter and brought them back single-handedly, it felt like. And then the Nuggets just took over down the stretch and rained threes. And then in game six, then the Clippers just stopped caring almost. Like they, I don't know. It was, it was very weird. In both games, the Nuggets just had this amazing come-from-behind victory where the Clippers just stopped caring. Wait, wait. Yeah. Your question is whether or not the Clipper curse is real? Yeah. Of course it's fair. real. Are you kidding me? <laughs> They're the worst franchise in sports history by far. 
They've never accomplished anything. They're never going to accomplish anything. They have banners of their players starting five in the Staples Center. They don't even have a banner in any capacity. I will push back on the worst franchise of all time just with with the technicality. Like, are the current Browns the Browns of old? Like, do they get to count the championships? Because technically, the Browns of old were the are the Ravens, where the Ravens right? are now, yeah. right? So do they count that? Because if they don't, then the Browns... They've only been around since 2004. The Clippers have been around since the 80s. Okay. 70s, actually. Fair enough. Then yes, the Clippers suck. In your face, Clippers fans. Most lottery picks of any franchise in NBA history. God, that is insane. That is a that is insane. So I any yes, it's real. They've, they've blown uh, 19, 15, and 15-point leads in this series. They've done it all in the third quarter. Uh, Kawhi has struggled down the stretch, which is a, a, probably a malfunctioning in his programming. <laughs> well, it's like and, the curse got into the machinery. It yeah, messed up. And it. Pat Beverly's, is it the curse, or is it, or is it Paul George kind of infecting? Yeah. He played really well, though. So maybe he, he did, passed he it on to Kawhi. Who knows? Yeah. Well, Kawhi still put up like 30 points in, in this game, in game five at least, right? Like, they can't guard a paper bag. Yeah. It's really that everyone else is just – yeah, really playing like fun. really bad. Trez it's disappeared like, completely. It's like the He's Clippers and the Lakers switched with their how their role players play. Yeah. It does feel like that a little bit of a Freaky Friday thing. Um, like I, I, I know, I know Pat Bev is a defensive guy, but you got to give me something on offense, you know? Yeah, and you can't be fouling out in like eighteen minutes or whatever yeah. he played the last game. Like, come on, dude! I, I don't know how you even do that. Yeah, he played exactly eighteen minutes and he had six fouls. <laughs> you fouled every three minutes. Wow. The, the, you can't do that. Scrub. Oh Absolute scrub. And then he talks crap the whole game, and he, yeah. and he put up two shots for two points. Like, two points and six fouls. That's your contribution. And zero brush teeth. What are you, a giant old white dude from, like, the 70s? You're just in there to foul people? Like, come on, man. I don't know. Oh, no. It yeah. looks like Noah got some time. <laughs> oh, no. Did that's he? how you know you screwed up. Oh, my God. Dear Lord. 48 <laughs> seconds. That's 48 seconds too many. <laughs> that is a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The interesting thing to me is they have um, they've not been playing Reggie Jackson. He was a yeah, DNP in game five, yeah. and he played – what one minute in game six they threw him in at the end of the game yeah in the fourth quarter the last session that's so like, no he played earlier than that he played with like six minutes to go oh right right right, right. and then they took him right out yeah <laughs> there which is weird because if, if you're having trouble with your role players try try a different guy like he's he's kind of instant offense right. off the bench yeah. Yeah. What is Patrick Beverly giving you in 18 minutes and six fouls that you can't get from Reggie Jackson? Yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> try something, Doc. Jesus. Um, yeah. So they just, they sucked across the board. I mean, just scrolling down these role players' stat lines. Like, so Kawhi went eight of 18, not amazingly efficient, but he still got 25 points, eight boards, five assists. You know, he's still Kawhi. Got to the free throw line. Morris went one for five. Zubach went one for six. Beverly went one for two. Trez went two for four. Apparently, Shamit played and went zero for three in twenty minutes. Like they just—they're not getting nothing from these guys. They're getting yeah. upkiss. I'm, like lo- I'm looking at the the second half stats for these games, and um, there's only like for the nut for the Clippers, there's only like four or five guys scoring in the second in the whole half. Yeah, and then you look at the Nuggets. It's like they actually seemingly took 
Michael Porter Jr.'s advice and like a lot of guys are getting involved now. Yeah. Even though Porter Jr. himself, you know, in game five didn't do much. You think I think only made that one three at the yeah. super pivotal three, but he made it right at, at the end, and that was his only shot that he made. Hey, he did a little bit. You can give him what you will though. He made a huge block and hit that big three. He 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 hits the big plays. Yeah. Yeah. He does, yeah, and at least he cares enough to have that fire and to to want to be in the yeah. play at the last second, right? So exactly. I'll, I'll give him that, even if he he still should have kept those combine doors. But it seems to have no ill effect. If I'm a Clippers fan, I'm really scared right now because uh, Jamal Murray has not gone off yet. Like they're doing this. It's one thing right. if it's like okay, right. he had like back to back fifty point games. Like, is he going to be able to do that again? He hasn't been doing that, and they've been losing. And the Clippers have been losing. Like that's that's kind of scary. Like he can just go off at any time. Right. Murray's been playing well, but not superstar well. Not like he was in the Utah series, right? Yeah, it's it's been all yeah. Jokic mostly for that superstar yeah, punch. Jokic, steady Eddie Jokic. Like Murray had twenty six in Game Five, but he only shot nine of twenty five. Like, and, and it was only twenty six. It's not like he was going for fifty, like you said, Jerome, in, in the other yeah. series. So. Yeah, and he had 21 in this game on much more efficient shooting, 9 to 13 in game six. Um, so that that was pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. Jokic is awesome, man. He's feasting. He can get whatever he wants in this matchup, which really bodes well if the Clippers make a pass for AD, right? Yeah. Because um, I think they will abuse them in similar ways. Uh, so that, that makes me happy for us. And oh, I said it again. I was going to say, Jake, you had to drink earlier because you referred to them. I know. Game. I know. I, I keep referring yeah. to them as us. So <laughs> we are us and we are all together. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, uh, just thinking preview wise, the Lakers are a really bad matchup, I think, for the, for the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets, the Nuggets will have trouble because AD is no like the perfect wrong. guy to, to mess oh, up. Yeah. The uh, to mess with the the Murray Jokic two man game that they love going to. Oh yeah, yeah, for that's, sure. And that's really bad for them, especially that's with really our bad. long guys like Caruso and yep. and the defense of Rondo. Yep. Yeah, and apparently if Rondo's going to show up and be playoff Rondo, you know, I'm not worried at all. So, <laughs> yeah. And also, apparently, you can uh, block a Jamal Murray dunk with just one finger. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big hands on the Lakers. That around. That was amazing, man. Kawhi that's is ridiculous. Crazy. One finger, dude. That, it wasn't even the. It was like the pad of the, of the middle finger. That was it. It was crazy. It was insane. Oh my god, his hands are so big. How He's big made of titanium. Any normal human would have broken their finger. Blocking yeah. a dunk from somebody with one finger. Yeah. yeah. His hands. I think they did a, a size comparison. His hands are the same size as Shaq's. Yeah, uh-huh. that's crazy. It is crazy. Guy who's what five inches shorter. Yeah. Jeez. yeah he he's made of um not titanium jake he's made of whatever those terminators are made of <laughs> like that, that weird liquid steel alloy thing like i don't know he's ridiculous yeah uh, so yeah the clippers messed around and sent it to a game seven because they couldn't close out the nuggets yeah and i made a stupid foolhardy bet with jacob and <laughs> <laughs> he was so confident the Nuggets would then take advantage of this Clipper curse, and I was so confident the Clippers wouldn't let that happen that I bet him $30. I'd pay him $30 if the Nuggets won, and he only had to pay me $2 if the Clippers win Game 7. So I gave him 15 to 1 odds. Yeah, I'm I was like, like okay. I, was just, uh, I, I may have jumped the gun a little bit there. However, I'm kind of happy because I feel like I'm paying for the Clippers to lose. So I, I will do that gladly. If the Clippers <laughs> lose, it's worth the $30. So 
Good point. Uh, yeah. So maybe I got the right end of the bet. <laughs> but yeah, so game sevens, what are your guys' predictions here? Do you actually think the Clippers are going to let this slide or will they take There's it? There's no way. There's no way. Well, right. there is a way. I think if Murray, I think Murray has to go for 40 plus. I think this type of game is not going to happen again where like right. they just kind of uh, patchwork the scoring together. I think he's going to have to go off. And if he does, yeah, they could, they could, they could let it slip. But other than that, I, I think, I think uh, Clippers going to show up. I, I'm in the same boat. Obviously, I think the Clippers have the upper hand and are most likely to win. But I'm going with the Nuggets. I think right. it's destiny in this bubble that this hectic condition is going to have the Nuggets come back from 3-1 twice in a row. And I am terrified that when they play the Lakers, the Lakers are going to go up 3-0 and they're going to put together this insane run to the finals. So I'm going with the Nuggets. I guarantee <laughs> win. Guarantee. All right, all right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I see it. The Nuggets are <laughs> – this doesn't mean anything. It's one of those stats that you can make seem like whatever you want when it really doesn't mean anything. The Nuggets are undefeated in elimination games in the bubble. Yeah. Which doesn't mean anything because, of course, they are. They're here, right? But <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to point to something, they're undefeated. And, uh, yeah. so But they have played a bunch of elimination games, though. They have played a lot of them, and they are used to it. That's That's for yeah. certain. I mean, they played how many? So they were down 3-1 against the Jazz, too, right? So they yep. played three elimination games there. They played two against the Clippers. So they played five elimination games already, and they won all of them. So that is quite impressive. Um, and I just like the Nuggets, man. I, I just like their attitude. I like their swerve. Yep. I, like, I like them. And I hate the Clippers. So everything is really perfect in the Nuggets. <laughs> and Jokic's kind of de- general demeanor, that's really good to have in like Game 7, where he just he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. It's just kind of... Even keel, it's huge for game seven. For sure. The steady Eddie's really carried the day in game and seven. He's also been steady Eddie stat wise too, just like doing his thing. Oh yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, he's averaging like, I don't know, twenty five, eleven and like seven, I think, in this series. Like he's, he's just crazy. Is he the best center in the NBA right now? I think yeah. so. You gotta yeah, say it, right? Anthony Davis is a center. Anthony Davis is not a center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If and yeah, if AD, yeah, yeah, it was a center, then that's that's different. If AD was a center, it's a discussion for sure. But I don't think he yeah. is. Because especially with Embiid stock really dropped this playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's give me Jokic over Embiid. Anyway. Yeah. Because that was yeah. really the only other guy that was kind of can do a little bit of everything. And it's but weird. Yeah, Jokic well, is so one. Good. Like one on one, it's one of those scenarios where one on one, you'd probably would take Embiid, right? Like just. Physically, you think he's he the has better a, defender by far, yes. Yeah, and he's the better defender, that's true. But on this team setting of basketball, I'd take Jokic with I'm with you guys. I'd take Jokic any day of the week. Because I think he's he an orchestrated offense. Yeah, I think he's a top three offensive player. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So even if his defense is nowhere near um well keyed in, you know, actually locked in and beat levels, which how much do you get that? All right. But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, offense is the name of the game in today's NBA. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. That's a good take. And also, with, uh, with with height, you can just you can like I was saying last time, you put your hands up, and that, that can work. Right. Exactly. That, it, has, it has worked a good amount. I've seen him get some good blocks just sticking his hands up. It has, yeah, yeah. They still haven't. That's what really worries me. In this, they haven't really figured out the Clippers' pick and roll, like what to do with Jokic. Like if yeah. he drops back, they do just shoot, and if he comes up, they burn him because he doesn't yeah. have the. Excuse me. He doesn't have the foot speed to keep up. So yeah. they still haven't figured that out on the, the Denver side of defense there. But, uh, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to take the Nuggets. I'm taking the Nuggets. 
Thank you. I'll take Give me your $30. All right. All right. Yep. And I'm hoping I'm paying Jake $30 at the end of this. <laughs> Amen. So otherwise, $2 will not be enough to mitigate my sadness of the Clippers winning. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's move on. Let's move on to the Celtics versus Raptors because we had a game seven, baby. Yeah. Game seven. And the Celtics pulled it out. Beantown boys beat down the old dinos 92 to 87. My heart broke alongside all the Raptors fans, mostly because I don't like Boston. Yeah, that was was a tough series. That was a tough end, too. It's a tough end, man. I mean, it's only a five point deficit, but every possession felt like a struggle for the Raptors in this game. Like, it's sort of all series, right? This was kind of a microcosm of the whole series where it just. They just struggled so hard offensively to keep up with the Celtics. And, I mean, give them credit, man. They pushed it to game seven when it did not look like a series at all in the first two yeah. games, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And they did this despite Siakam not having a single great game. Yeah. He didn't have a single game in the series that you could point to and be like, oh, yeah, Siakam showed up in that game. Oh, he played horrible. He had, a, he had one good game, I think, where he had like 20 points on so, sort of okay shooting, but he didn't have a single I'm the guy kind of, you know, 30 point game where he took over in the fourth or anything. He was just garbage. I don't know. What do you guys think about this series and how it well, ended? The announcers, a lot, I think it was Jalen Rose said a long time ago during this series that made me think of it in a different way. He said, when you go down 2 0 in a series, you have to win four out of the next five games to win the series. So when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, my God, going down 2-0 is basically a death sentence. You can only drop one more game. Uh, so the fact that they hit OG hit that shot to, to make it 2-1, and they were able to fight their way to a game seven, you got to give them credit for that. But as we yeah. see time and time again, minus the Nuggets, it's so hard to, to come back from that deficit. It caused, takes so much energy and so much luck that yeah. – um, they were, you know, they were dealt a, a bad hand from the beginning. They couldn't hit shots. Their 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 two shorter point guards struggled to hit perimeter shots down the stretches of games. Um, they're just not built for for a championship run. You need a superstar who can create his own shot at any time. And I think we're seeing that. We got they got Tatum on the other end that could do that, and that was the difference. Yeah. What about you, Jerome? Um, well, I guess two two plays. Obviously, that that Tatum offensive rebound on that on the uh, that missed foul shot was was killer. That 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 was just that was it right there. Um, and that do you, did did that seem like kind of just a lucky bounce or was it like bad boxing out? What did that seem like to you guys on that play? It's just bad boxing out. There's no excuse for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, so, that, so like that, that that definitely was that was killer because I was like, oh wow, this guy just missed two. Like they got this, and then oh, Tatum comes up with the rebound. Yeah, Kyle Lowry fouling out was was awful for them that last because what did they what did they do on that last on that last real play that they had a chance? Like Fred Van Vliet just dribbled it out and shot up a bad three at the end of the shot clock. Yeah. Like, that was terrible. Lowry wouldn't allow that to happen. Does, sure. does that kind of reflect back on Nick Nurse? Because that's two times. Where yeah. like end of end of the game type scenarios where they just haven't done anything. Don't you yeah. have a play you call like even if you don't have a timeout, you say, "Hey, run! You know, run the play." We're like you're down three. This is the play we run. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, it does look pretty bad, but I'm gonna give them a pass on the the earlier one with Norm in the series, right? Which is, I think, the other one you're referring to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give him a pass on that one because Norm had it cooking in that game. And okay. 
don't know. Sure. Sometimes you just sometimes that is the shot that you just let the player take. You just let them yeah. Take the you don't want to overcoach. That's true. Ball. So I, I mean, I I also think that was the wrong play, but yeah. I'll give a pass on that because it, it happens so often. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one was kind of inexcusable. This one I'm sure with the series. out. It's for the like, series. It's the series. Yeah. yeah. Like with Lowry out, you really should have drawn something up better than that. Yeah. Um, I I yeah. think it kind of goes hand in hand with my comment. They have no guy who can go get you a bucket. Fred yeah. Van Fleet is six feet tall. It's it's hard unless you're Chris Paul to be six feet tall and get off a shot uh, to win the game. And there, that guy's supposed to be Siakam, right? That's supposed to be their yeah, go exactly. Pass. And he yeah. can't make a three to save his life, and he couldn't get anything going offensively consistently. Yeah. Yeah, they really hurt them in this series. Siakam did not perform well, and they needed him to. Yeah, they, they needed at least a game or two where Siakam showed up and was like basically the guy he was at the beginning of the year, yeah. right? Where he was generating MVP buzz. Um, yeah, because they didn't have enough shooting. I don't know. I, I wonder what series is close. That's all it takes. That is. Yeah, that's all it takes. A few possessions here or there, and they just didn't yeah. have it. You know, they, they they fought, man. I will give them all the credit in the yeah. world. And I'll give the Boston's, Boston a lot of credit, too, because they fought just as hard. But, yeah, but for sure. Toronto fought as hard as they possibly could, and they gave themselves time after time, chance after chance to just, all right, we're in this. If one of our stars shows up, we, we got this. We put ourselves as much as we can in the position to win, and it just didn't happen. After time, nobody showed up to, to beat the guy. You know? um, so I don't know. What do you think they do next year? What do you think this says about them as a as a franchise? Are they is this close enough? Is it just like a yeah we can retool around Siakam and everybody because they just gave Siakam a big extension, right? Remember, so he's kind of locked in there. Yeah, I think they might be going after Giannis. Yeah, because that's, that's, if you uh, think about it, he can't if he's trying to leave now. Because um, uh, Toronto does have a, a lot of assets, assets too, you know. Yeah. Um, the Messiah angle. Yeah, exactly. You can't for him. He can't go to to Miami because, like, that would be the same thing that you know Kevin Durant did. That he he saw how bad that was. Like, yeah. But that would be another team where, like, he could probably if he goes there, that's a championship team. Like, pretty much, you know, there's so many teams he could go to, but like, he's probably like Celtics are kind of like they kind of have their 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 guys. Like, especially if they go on a run now, like you know. You know, you don't want to go there. That's another like KD type of thing. Exactly. Um, so if it, and especially if he's staying in the East, Toronto is that team. Like they're neat. They're missing that guy, and if they can pull it off, that would be huge. That would be huge. That's a good call. Yeah, Masai's got the connection there, and they they certainly of all the teams out there, they do certainly have the salaries and the assets to be best equipped to go after Giannis in a trade, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, other than the Celtics, who. But they would have to blow up their young core to do that. They'd have to probably include like a Jalen Brown or something. To yeah, get, exactly. To get Giannis back. Whereas the Raptors, I mean, they could probably send out Siakam. Yeah. Right. They could send Siakam and and just replace him with Giannis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And use him as the centerpiece with like maybe some picks or something. Maybe yeah. throw in a norm or something like that. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess that also is predicated on them keeping. Freddie next year. What do they do yeah. with the Freddie situation? I say at the, at the least you have to sign and trade, right? You can't let him walk away for nothing. Yeah. Well, we say that so often, and I, I'm always inclined to agree with that. So I, I, I kind of agree with you, right? But 
how many times have we seen them sign people in this under this pretense of like you always sign them, you don't let them walk for nothing because you can always trade the asset, and then you end up with a contract like Russell Westbrook's, yeah, or you end up with a contract, you know, uh, like uh, who's the other guy that did? Oh, uh, Blake Griffin, right? Where you, you sign him, and then you're like, oh, you can always trade him for assets, but now he's just on this ginormous contract. He's hurt, and he never or or yeah, he's untradeable. He's not tradable, right? And then it's like, oh, we really shouldn't. We should just let him go. Or Tobias Harris, right? You don't never let him go for nothing. And it's like, oh, now Tobias Harris is maybe one of the top three worst contracts in the NBA now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is Freddie worth? Because he's going to get a max offer from someone, probably the Knicks. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but he's probably going to, especially in this free agent class, where basically if you take AD out, because most likely he's three signs with the Lakers, then there's nobody. Freddie's the number one draft choice right <laughs> so i don't know do you resign him or do you do you risk letting him go i don't know i don't know you saw his limitations in this run you saw just what you said right like three seconds ago jake he's a small guy it's really hard for him to get a shot off and if he's asked to be the scoring leader you know asked to be the point guard to get a bucket it's really hard for him to do yeah. that if you're I if you're looking for a championship team he can be the third best player on that team. He could be a lockdown point guard, a great yeah. shooter, and a good scorer, but he can't give you the buckets down the stretch. Like yeah. if the Clippers traded a couple assets for him in a you know in a perfect world, that would be a perfect team. You have two amazing wing guys that can get a shot, and then you have a great shooting, scoring, defending point guard. Yeah, it's, it's a fit question. thing with him. He can if he's on the right team with the right guys around him, he can be overachieve and if he's in a situation like this at times in the playoffs he can underachieve because of what's around him can you build that right team with him being paid a max contract probably not and not in today's league right unless they manage to get him back on some super hometown discount and they're like yeah you, know, you only take 20 million a year right please thank you uh, <laughs> and I, don't he, he, I don't think he i don't think he would do that yeah yeah he might though because i mean I think what they might do is that they try to they try to push it and see if they see who they can get if they because if they get if they can get a Giannis then hey let's re-sign Fred VanVleet let's see if they'll right. take you know right. that's exciting that would be exciting to say hey if you know any team that gets Giannis you're like okay we're we can probably win a championship on if I stay on this team you know right so they they might just try to push that decision until they see what they can get yeah well they don't have much time. Yeah, he's a, a free agent here, so he'll be coming up. How are they going to handle that? I have not really been paying attention, like because theoretically we should already be in the free agency period. Yeah, we're playing basketball still, so <laughs> I don't also, know. Like, also, like what? Probably. When is next season even going to start? Like, no, Halloween, Halloween, right? No earlier no, than Christmas is what they've announced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wonder what they do. Do they shorten next season and make it like a almost like a lockout shortened season and to get back to normal schedule or do they continue as is and shift the schedule? I guess you have to, I think you have to do that. Yeah. We'll also have to see like where we are with COVID too. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It's not, it's not that far off. You know, Christmas isn't that far off. No, it's, it's really not. not. It's really not. Yeah. yeah. Interesting questions for sure. Yeah. And I don't know the answer. Maybe Adam Silver does. Hopefully. Yeah. Us to the promised land. 
But yeah, so Celtics side of things now. We've talked a lot of Raptors. Uh, yeah. They just they played a great series, man. And I like their team, which I hate. I hate to say about a Celtics <laughs> team. I agree. It hurts my soul. But they have a, an awesome team, and I'm I very love their jealous team. of their young guys. Yeah. They gel so well. They do. They just work so well together. Like, and they have the the prototype that you want for a modern day NBA team, which is you have two rising superstar wings, right? Yep. Two guys that can be the guy on your team. Yeah. In, in they're Brown. They're kind of like a, a, a Clippers East. They are. Yeah. They're, they're Kawhi and, and George Light. Although yeah. at yeah. this point, I wouldn't even say they're Light of Paul George because he's. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, they're certainly Kawhi Light versions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're really good, and they can only get better because, as you said, they're all very very young. At least yep. their core guys are right. Um, that was Kemba's a huge more. addition by subtraction, getting rid of Kyrie. Oh yeah, yeah. Something that I don't think they saw coming. I don't think they saw like the getting better by getting rid of Kyrie down the yeah. road. But when you when you eventually end up with Kemba in that spot, yeah. a guy who's a great locker room presence. Everybody yep. loves him. And he's willing to defer in big moments to, to these guys like Tatum and Brown. Like it just makes all the difference in the world. Yep. Like they are better than the sum of their parts in a lot of ways, which is yeah. amazing because they overachieve and they have been for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like God, I hate to say it, but kudos to the stupid Celtics. Um yeah. <laughs> well I I, I I wonder if with Kemba like there's a difference between a guy that has already won like Kyrie and a guy that has had so much terrible, terrible, terrible team yeah. success in his career. It's like, I want to do whatever I need to do to win. Like, I don't care if I take five shots a game, whatever we need to do, I'm going to do it. If, if, if you, if you think we're going to win versus He's like, like Kyrie is like, give me, that. give me 40 shots a game. I don't care if we win or lose. I already won. <laughs> this is how we win. <laughs> There's got to be an aspect of that, right? I mean, Kemba's probably like, I'm just so tired of first-round exits. Get me out yeah. of here. <laughs> I'll he's, do whatever it is. He's takes. checked his ego at the door, for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's he's been huge for them in these playoffs. Like, Even though he struggled at times. He struggled at times, for sure. But what's different is now when he struggles, the whole team, like in Charlotte, doesn't just collapse. Yeah. Instead, he's got guys like Tatum and Brown to take over, which is yeah. just amazing. And they're missing Hayward. They don't even have Hayward. Like would have given them a whole new, you know, dimension to their game. Like if Hayward was here, I think this Celtics Raptors series would not have gone to seven because they would have had just even one more dude to yeah. disrupt the. What's Siaka. his health report? Is he coming back I, for the? He's in the bubble and he's cleared quarantine. Okay. Yeah. He's cleared quarantine. I don't know health wise if he's uh. Like where he is in the recovery process, right? Like talk about a snake bitten guy, huh? Oh, all these different it's like not even like the same thing it's all these different injuries yeah he one just after the really other bad. really, really I, he's bad. definitely gonna play in the heat series i think yeah oh yeah you think they're definitely gonna need him in that one. Oh yeah by game four at the at the latest yeah he'll be playing yeah i mean i guess the celtics originally the timetable was like what four week timetable four to six weeks mm-hmm. something like that he's already um, working out and doing full full speed stuff it's just the terms of getting his his legs underneath him is he i okay well that's different than what i had been seeing i i think i had saw some athletical athletic article article from the athletic i'm not talking about just like athletics in general (laughs) um 
where he had only been on like doing light non-contact drills or something. Oh, he hasn't like, done contact. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still doing everything else. I mean, it's an ankle. How much is contact going to affect that? It's just when you can deal with the pain. I don't yeah. know, Jake. Apparently, according to you, you can roll your ankle and you have no control over it. So, um, Yes, that's true. But it's all about when you can th- manage the pain. Contact doesn't make a difference on that. And learn to fall and then you don't sprain your ankle. That is, we're not talking about this because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. We'll, we'll get to that at some point. Okay. You know what's interesting? There's a guy uh, on YouTube, this guy, Brian Suter or something like that. He's a doctor. Really great, great YouTube content Like where he, he talks about like he'll break down injuries and like kind of explain the, you know, the, the medical side of it. And one video he had this just reminded me of um, was he was talking about how, how Steph Curry basically saved his career by doing all these different like ankle stability exercises and strengthening. Yeah. And it just kind of, it changed his career because everyone thought like, okay, this is, he's going to be one of those guys that just has ankle injuries his whole career and that, that kills it. But he was able to turn it around. So anyone that's listening, check out Brian Suterer on, uh, on YouTube. He's a really, good, really great rising YouTuber. Um, got, and he covers all sports. Like he, I've seen him do like the, uh, as nasty as it was, the, uh, the UFC guy that snapped his leg on a kick or something like that. Uh, Anderson, it's that Anderson Silva, right? That guy. Oh Um, yeah. 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 Like he covered that. He like, he covers all sorts of stuff. It's really interesting to get that medical side um, of things. I think he did like the Kevin Ware uh, leg thing. That's a really good channel. All right. Check out Kevin Suter. Um, soon to have Jerome Skelly on it as a guest host, I'm sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so good as the Celtics. They're all great. Blah, 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 blah. They win. So they go on to face the Heat, who have been waiting for a while now. Um, yeah. Let's preview this series, Celtics versus Heat. Do you guys have any first impressions? Like, what's What are going to be the key points in this series? It's going to be three-point shooting. Um, and it's going to be if Jimmy can continue to take over late in the game, regardless if that means scoring, playmaking, getting to the free throw line, defense, whatever it is, if Jimmy yeah. keeps playing like he does down the stretch of games, I think the Heat have the edge. But regardless, uh, I think this is going to be one of the best series we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I, I think it'll be a really good series. Yeah. I think part of the, the reason – I think actually – I don't. I think. I think you can't put too much stock in what they did to the, to the Bucks because I think they just matched up so well against the Bucks because they're a great three point shooting team. The Bucks kind of their defense is all about let's you know, not worry about three point line. We're we're clogging the paint. You know. Yeah. So that that right there was a bad matchup defensively, um, or uh, offensively. The Bucks are pretty simple in terms of they got one guy that kind of is you know, the, the ball handler, the creator. And then, and that makes it easy, like not easier, but simpler to stop. Whereas Celtics, you know, you got Jalen Brown, you have Kemba Walker, you have Jason Tatum. When Gordon Hayward comes back, he can do his own thing. You know, Marcus Smart can do his own thing. That's a lot harder to deal with. Um, so we'll have to see how, how they, how they can defend. Um, but if they, if they can kind of de- hold their own defensively, which I think they will be able to, yeah, it's going to be a really good series. 
for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Celtics bring a, a totally different angle of attack than the Bucks do. That they ha- they have a lot of different guys that can initiate the offense. Uh, even yeah. Marcus Smart at times is their ball handler, right, and initiates plays. So that's going to be a completely different experience for the Heat. Um, I'm with you guys. I think three point shooting is going to be key. Whichever yeah. team can can actually get their shooters open shots, because both these teams defend like heck. Or defend Especially like on the heck. perimeter, yeah. Yeah. On the perimeter, yeah. They got so, that length, that the quickness, yeah. A lot of length. In a lot of ways, they're mirror images of uh, of each other in terms of their build, right? They have yep. their centers are smaller. They play a lot of rangy wing guys who are switchable on defense and shoot threes. Um, they're they're very similar in that sense. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think the Celtics have an advantage in experience, even though you know Jimmy's on one side. This is the farthest yeah. Jimmy's gone, right? Yeah. So he actually doesn't have the experience. More so than than say the Celtics guys, who a lot of these guys like Tatum have been here actually before they've been to this this point. So I, I don't think there's necessarily any experience advantage. Uh, whereas a lot of the the Heat, uh, their young guys that they rely on in their rotation, like Hero and Robinson and Nunn and all these guys, um, this is is way farther than they've been. This is all first, you know, every step of the way is a first for them. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. We haven't really seen it affect much in the bubble right like we gave the championship pedigree angle to the raptors and they lost we yeah. gave the championship <laughs> pedigree angle to Kawhi, and hence the clippers and yet here the nuggets are pushing them to game seven like yeah we, we gave it to a lot of teams and it didn't end up mattering so maybe in the, in the bubble it just doesn't matter as much no so this is a whole new game yeah yeah maybe that's a moot point but uh, yeah it's gonna be a good I matchup think, i think it's the celtic series to lose um, as much as I love the Heat, as good as I think they are and as good as they're playing, I think the Celtics are the better team on paper. But if Marcus Smart can hit his threes and Kemba can consistently provide efficient offense, I think the Celtics are going to win in six. Yeah, I'm with you on Celtics in six. I think Duncan Robinson's going to have a tough time in this series. He's already struggled. He didn't really perform yeah. in that Buck series. He's been struggled yeah. to get open shots because they're shutting him down. They're keying in yeah. on him. It's letting Drogic and, and Hero get their stuff on off the ball, but yeah. they're going to take that. Well, that's my prediction for the series. Look, look to Spolstra getting Duncan Robinson involved from the get go in Game One. Like he's going to try and get him like three or four threes in the first like five to six possessions. I think. Um, I mean, they do that normally. They try and get him open on a few early looks to, to get him going for the game, but I think they're going to hammer it more so than ever because they know they're going to need his shooting to keep pace with the Clip, uh, sorry, the Clippers, with the Celtics. Yeah. Um, already referring to the Celtics as the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish they were first too, but uh, sadly not. But yeah, so I, I think this will be interesting. We haven't talked about Bam as much, and I think maybe he is the, the linchpin for this series in my mind because – he taking over and abusing the Celtics litany of centers who cannot guard him uh, mm-hmm. at all three levels, I think is going to be key to the series because the Celtics have wing defenders for days who can guard yeah. everybody, you know, the Crowders, the Jimmies, the, the Robinsons, the heroes, they can guard those guys. What they don't have is a shutdown big dude, you know, a guy who can stick with the likes of Bam. So we'll see. We'll see what Bam does. I think his high posts, sort of game is his hub of the offense there. Um, it's going to be key in this series. If he can, if he can be super aggressive and get some, some 20, 25 point games, if he can dish some guys into open threes and stuff by driving against these centers, uh, putting them in foul trouble and stuff, then that'll be a, a huge key for me. Um, but yeah. I'm going to take, 
I really don't want to take the Celtics. And I, you know what? I'm taking the Heat in seven. We're going to Game Seven, baby. All right, all right. I'm taking the Heat. I think it's Jimmy time. All he wants to do is work hard and be the man, and that's what he's <laughs> going to do. <laughs> well, so. you know what? Though with with Bam, I think they can probably get away with just like going Tatum Brown, like just sw- switching those guys off on him because he's not a tall, like he's not a true not center. Super, that's true. That's true. He's he is stronger, big. I think, than either he of them. He's way stronger than they realize. Yeah. 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 But um but I think they could probably get away with that and throw in Tice. Um but they might be going small a lot. Like I don't know how but we'll see how much play time they give to Tice, but Yeah, um, but I think the post ups that they were getting away with Siakam doing one on one against Brown and Tatum and stuff are not gonna fly against Bam. I think that's a good point. Him, yeah. I think he's just way better with the ball yeah. and smarter with passer than, than Siakam is. I don't think he's going to disappear like Siakam. Did yeah. in that series. So I think, I think he will be able to abuse guys one-on-one if yeah. they don't check him early. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Another great, great coaching matchup though. This is going to be, Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. This might really, this, this really gives Brad Stevens a chance to like prove himself. Cause he kind of got that early coronation. Um, yeah. And, but we'll see if he's, you, you know, the real deal. So far, yeah, he's been proving it. Yeah, because um, people had been souring him him after the yeah. last couple Celtics, you know, flame outs in the playoff, yeah. right? So, yeah, he certainly yeah, brought it back it. in the last series by beating yep. Nick Nurse, uh, yeah. who people consider to be the best coach in the league. So, yeah, another one right here against Spolstra, another proven the, coach. The only coach that survived LeBron, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only exactly. one. Yep. Yeah. Pretty impressive right there. That is impressive all on its own. Oof. But that all is right. one thing we can say. They have the advantage in terms of uh, championship pedigree there with, with the coach because he's been there, done that. They certainly do there. But so did the Different Raptors. Team. That didn't yeah. matter. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. These yeah. Celtics seem – yeah, this is definitely the best Celtics group that we've seen. And I know that they had Kyrie for a number of years, but this is by far the best Celtics group. Yeah we've seen in the last you know six years so yeah for sure yeah i'm not choosing them because i count them out i'm choosing them because i hate them so (laughs) all right that's all the basketball we had to talk about uh we had another topic oh my god we're almost we're already in an hour um (laughs) i don't know how that happened wow time flies i guess yeah we we had one last topic that we kind of wanted to talk about you guys want to fit that in or, or what are you thinking yeah, um, we, we may. Well, uh, when's the when's the next show? Maybe we we probably won't have as much to talk about, right? Because true, we want as much. To talk fewer about. games. The next show would be on what Wednesday morning, right? So, so that would just be two games, right? Two games. So we could, yeah, I guess yeah. We, could, so we, could, we could we could we could put it on hold for next show. I agree, Jake. Yep, I'm with it. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, we'll save our Chris Copeland talk for another day. Yeah. Um, It'll give us some more time to look these guys up, see where they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good long podcast. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on again, Jerome. I appreciate oh yeah, it. my pleasure. Um, it's good to have a third guy here to bounce ideas off of and carry the conversation when Jake is tired of my voice. So <laughs> that's always good. And yeah, we will be back on, like I said, Wednesday morning. Recording a brand new pod with the start of the new series. So that'll be fun. And we'll get to talk about whether the Clippers actually defeated the curse or if they succumbed yeah. to the Nuggets. We shall see. 
So that's it for me. You guys got any final words of wisdom? Mm, get a boo. All right. Get a boo from Jake. Uh, Jamal Murray, give me 50. Let's do it. Jamal Murray giving me 50 from Jerome. A plea, a desperate plea for Clippers to lose. <laughs> and I will just leave us with a peace, and we'll see you in the next one.